0: February 1st, 2023, grab your pen and paper. It's time for the run sheet. I'm at Joel Pearl, and I have, as always, well, I guess it's not always because it's the first time that we're doing this, but it will be as always. At least that's what we plan on. It's Ella J. How you doing, Ella?
1: I'm doing fantastic, Joel. How are you?
0: Wonderful. I am ready for a whole lot of news talk. I'm ready for a whole lot of wrestling talk. Uh, For those who are just finding us, welcome. I hope you're going to join us on this new journey of the run sheet. We're going to be here every Wednesday and Saturday. We're going to be talking about wrestling news on Wednesdays and we're going to be talking about wrestling TV programming on Saturdays. There's got to be a better way for us to like mention what the Saturday
1: show is, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just like programming your daily recap of programming. Obviously, there's a lot to go through. We would be here forever, but we'll we will do our best to recap the highlights, basically.
0: Yeah, we'll touch on the stuff we liked and the stuff we didn't like. Absolutely. Her, <laughs> you want to give our? We'll give our hot takes.
1: We will, it, it not only just on wrestling, but apparently on my food takes as well.
0: Oh my god! Can you please hit the new listener? With one of your hot <laughs> food takes right off the bat, we gotta get we gotta get them hooked in somehow. Tell me, what's your so hottest? So the food?
1: the one that kind of started it all, that like started a catalyst, was my take on mac and cheese because our truth, I, I don't, I think he was talking to the Miz. They were in North Carolina, I believe, which is our truth's like home state, right? And mm-hmm. so he's like, "This is the home of mac and cheese." And so I was like, "I love you, our truth, but I, I can't do mac and cheese. It's just I am I'm a cheese lover, but for some reason, like mac and cheese is just." too cheesy for me so I just can't eat it. I'm sorry guys.
0: It's already right off. I don't lie. I am a craft Dinner mac and cheese person. I love mac and cheese. I love it. It's so
1: weird because I literally love cheese. Like cheese and chocolate are like two of my big like foods ex- ex- unless it's like the um, what's it called? The pepper jack. I don't do like hot stuff whatever. I but like any that. other cheese I will basically eat. But mac and cheese for some reason is just too too cheesy, if that makes sense. So I just can't eat it.
0: It doesn't. I'm sure there's a way to to, to make it There you... has to be.
1: I just haven't found one that I liked yet.
0: Maybe, maybe the people who are listening to us can find us on Twitter or on Instagram at the RunSheet Pod. I'm not gonna spell it out. It's pretty easy. It's just the name of the show with <laughs> pod at the end. If you find us, tell us a different take on mac and cheese that might get Ella into the mac and cheese world
1: yeah what's some what's some good stuff maybe just the stuff I've had throughout my life just wasn't it
0: it's entirely possible I can tell you this much so uh some of us who are listening or some people who are listening might know my voice from the work that I do with Fightful mm-hmm. and the work that I do specifically with Jeremy Lambert who is one of the, uh, the who is the head writer at Fightful so his wedding they had mac and cheese as one of the uh, not one of the entrees one of the sides and one thing I realized that where they are they're uh, just outside of Cleveland there is so much mac and cheese. Everything was mac and cheese on the menu. And I did not understand it. And this comes from a guy who likes mac and cheese, but like, what is it about Ohio and mac and cheese?
1: I I couldn't tell you. I've never been to Ohio. Apparently it's a thing in North Carolina, but I guess it's also a thing in Cleveland too.
0: It's Very strange. One day we'll understand it, but it's not going to be today. Today. We're going to talk about wrestling news. Let's start with it because it's Wednesday. So it's time. Where do we want to start? The Royal Rumble was this past weekend, and a whole lot of stuff happened. You were at the show. You were in San Antonio, Texas. You were part of the press for Royal Rumble. How was that?
1: Uh, absolutely surreal for those who didn't know that was my first time literally doing any press for WWE so I did you know I kind of knew a little bit what to expect but you were talking about Fightful I want to give a shout out to Sean Ross Sapp kind of the face of Fightful and my good friend Emily May Heller who definitely helped me through that because I had so many questions I did not know what I was doing Joel but we, we, we survived you know did some cool interviews made it to the press box and of course the post-show conference where I got to you know ask a question to Cody Rhodes
0: <laughs> very proud moment by the way seeing you up there doing that it was it's good stuff so you went and you did the post-show you were at the event itself did you get to do any of the uh, the pre-show press stuff or all uh, any of the, the the day before press stuff
1: so, yes, the day before stuff, I didn't do much on Saturday besides the actual Rumble show. Yeah, we had obviously the press junket. And then I had my first WWE community event that we did with the Special Olympics. So we got to see a bunch of superstars interact with all the Special Olympics kids there. And it was just so cool to be a part of it. And we got to obviously interview people throughout the day, superstars. It was just a cool moment to see that like firsthand, the community aspect of it, too, and also interview some superstars.
0: What was your favorite moment of that WWE community event? Was there anything, like, stood out to you as something you, like, didn't expect to hear or see or experience?
1: So there was, like, different zones, right? Because we were, like, in this kind of like in this gym like fitness center so there was like different zones but upstairs um it was dana brooke and sarah schreiber obviously the groups kind of rotated like every 12 10 to 12 minutes like in the different zones but a couple of us went upstairs to see and there was like this green screen and then the special olympics participants got to like take photographs and like pose as if they were like wwe superstars you know like making their renders and you had sarah and dana kind of you know like cheering them on and telling them oh you do this pose like that would be cool and kind of emanating some of their favorite superstars like there was this one kid who did like the macho man pose there was someone who did like John Cena so that was just really like wholesome to see for me
0: I have like the biggest smile on my face right now because I love (laughs) the idea of like these kids who are just these they're wrestling fans and like yeah. they're going to do this whole like living with their dream and just i don't know i think it's a really cool uh a really cool event and it sounded like it was a lot of fun so that's that's awesome and then you watched the rumble itself you were up in the press box am i right
1: yeah, so actually, kind of yes and no. I was in the press box like before the show started, but I had already had tickets. You know, with our good friend Caden of Fightful, too, on the complete opposite side of the stadium. Might I had literally directly? I was sitting in the press box directly across from our actual seats so before the show started i went and go i ran around the arena um to go sit there for the majority of the show and then after the women's rumble i came back uh during the hardy performance ran back so i would be back to the press box in time for the main event so i was kind of in two places at once (laughs) that night
0: i can only imagine coming back and just like kicking off your shoes after everything and just being like big sigh you did it (laughs)
1: I didn't really have much time because we didn't get back till I didn't get back to my hotel I don't think till 1 30 a.m. I had a 7 30 flight so there was no there was no point in sleeping I still had to pack and all of that just packed showered and then kind of went to the airport a little early so I went on no sleep that night
0: congratulations you're living that rock star life yeah What a start. That's awesome. What a great start to this year. So you got to go to the Rumble, got to do the press stuff. I'm sure you're going to be doing more in the future. Uh, someone else who got a last minute call was Booker mm-hmm. T. And we're talking about uh, his appearance in the Rumble. We had uh, his Hall of Fame podcast that drops, I guess it's every, every weekend or every Monday. Uh, he mentioned that uh, he got the call to appear on the show during the kickoff.
1: Yeah, via text message while he was sitting at the kickoff show. But he did keep in mind, he did have that old school mentality of bringing your gear because you never know when you would need it. And obviously that came into handy as he's getting a text saying, book, you're in the rumble. And then he didn't even get a chance to warm up. He kind of just went out there (laughs) right after that. Obviously, the men's rumble opened the show, so he didn't really have much time at all to even prepare but he got to f- put in his spinner which was a cool moment too
0: just went to the ring totally cold it says i wasn't lathered up and ready to go didn't get a chance to jump rope for 45 minutes to get the heart rate up and get the blood flowing still went in still did his thing i mean listen i thought that's pretty cool i like the idea that he just gets a, gets a text and he's like sure my gear is just sitting in the car goes runs over to the car grabs the stuff gets changed hopes for the best and he did pretty well i think
1: I, and it's kind of cool. He got to work with some of the people that he requested to. I believe he came in at number 21 and obviously a bunch of like the Judgment Day was already in there like Dominic and Finn Balor. He actually requested to work with them. Obviously, you know, Booker T's worked with Rey Mysterio, Dominic's father before. So he's kind of known Dominic for a while. So he got to interact with them a little bit. You know, he didn't last long in there. But I, I found it ironic that he said that he was sore as hell afterwards. And yet he's in a uh, reality of wrestling since Times taking jackhammers and yet he was more sore from the rumble than his work in row right now
0: well here's the thing with that though if you think about it the royal rumble is like such a mess of humans that, yeah. like, you're not able to plan everything out just as well as maybe a one-on-one or two-on-two, unlike a planned environment. If you've got a bunch of people in that ring, like, some people are going to, you know, smack you in the face by accident. You saw all the women from the Rumble were posting photos, posting makeup yeah. the selfies of the After Effects, and a lot of them had marks on their faces and cuts. And, like, that's just what happens in a battle royal sometimes.
1: Yeah, I saw that Sonia Deville, Rhea Ripley came to mind. There was somebody else. Yeah, Sonia Deville yeah, had the yeah. bloody nose. Rhea Ripley also had a bloody nose. And obviously, we'll talk about her like dislocated knee in a minute. But yeah, Booker T, I mean, he was one that, you know, I, it felt right. They were in Texas. You know, obviously he has reality of wrestling in Texas where he teaches and kind of owns. So I thought it was a good spot for him, especially if they only had like, what, three surprises, two surprises, maybe Booker T and Edge, I think were the surprises. Yeah, I really think the ones. Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, man, that's what you want sometimes. They, they, they had stories to tell and they seem to have got their way with it. But you mentioned Rhea Ripley. And you mentioned her having to pop her knee back into place during the Women's Rumble. Talk to me about this. We uh, we have an article from WrestleZone that Bill Pritchard wrote. This was during the uh, the post-show discussion with uh, BT Sports' Ariel Helwani. Uh, talk to me about this article because this is, is kind of nuts. I, I had heard about it, but I didn't get all the, the depth of it.
1: Yeah, so Rhea Ripley has been dealing with like knee problems dating back to her soccer days. She she said she's been dealing with it since she was a kid, and I guess about halfway through the match, she said maybe a bit earlier she wasn't too worried about it really, but she her kneecap popped out of place, and so she quickly had to pop it in place, and so she didn't really it didn't really bother her as she was kind of obviously preoccupied with the match itself. But she said I don't know what made it do it this time. I guess I haven't drank water or enough that day, but obviously it slid out. So she popped it back in straight away. And she said that her kneecap just sometimes slides out of place and it sort of goes to the side and it will go back, go to the very back of her knee and she'll just have to straighten it out. So that's something that she's been dealing with as a kid, obviously growing up playing soccer and now wrestling. And obviously that wasn't the only thing. She also had a bloody nose as we saw pretty early in the matchup. So Rhea Ripley busted up, but your 2023 women's rumble winner.
0: Have you ever thought to yourself, "Oh man, I haven't had enough water or eaten enough. Therefore, that must be why I I don't know." Split my head open on the concrete today by accident.
1: (laughs) You know? No. I mean, I definitely have, you know, I definitely didn't drink enough water or eat enough while I was in San Antonio, to be honest. So I get that part, Rhea. But I just, I I don't know if that would cause it to slide out of place. I don't really know all the anatomy stuff, but it's possible. But again, I'm not sure. She knows her body pretty well. Obviously, she said the rest of her body was pretty cramped anyway. And she was dealing with the blood. She could only smell blood the whole time, basically. So she said she wasn't really worried about her knee. been dealing with it she quickly popped it back in i didn't even notice it so obviously it didn't really affect her too much it didn't look like
0: yeah i mean you hear stories about certain athletes kind of just getting used to certain injuries nagging or otherwise that they have and you know sometimes it's just taping it back together is good enough and that's how they go
1: kind of wild and she she lasted uh, what over an hour so yeah. obviously rhea ripley doing good
0: and now she's got a match with Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. We're going to talk about that on Saturday when we talk about uh, all the wrestling shows from the week. But uh, let's let's move on. What else are we going to talk about? They're not everything at the Rumble was great. <laughs> not everything was great. Let's 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 talk about Hardy. Let's talk about that musical performance. Not by not by Reby Hardy. Not by yeah. Ed Hardy. But not by, by Hardy. Jeff. Not
1: by Matt.
0: Not Just by, by Hardy. Hardy. <laughs> so Hardy Hardy goes and does a musical performance between the women's rumble and the main event with Roman Reigns and KO. Uh, I watched this. I did not like this. I have my own critique. I called Hardy country saliva and I like saliva, the band too. I'd like them for a long time. I didn't like them forever, but this was, it's not for me, but I also feel like a lot of people were saying it's not for me. So first of all, who's it for? And second of all, uh, what did you think about Hardy in the Royal Rumble?
1: <laughs> so uh, like we were saying off air, I didn't even get to watch the performance at all because I literally after the women's rumble, I had to be sure I was back in the press box in time to for the press conference. So right after the women's rumble, I literally darted halfway to the other side of the stadium to try and get back in time I ran into a few people that I was friends with so I totally missed the whole thing and didn't get to the press box until about halfway through Kevin Owens's entrance oh, so no. I personally didn't get to see it I heard it a little bit I will say like I, I liked the sold out theme song for the Rumble but obviously um, it didn't deliver in like live performance aspect as a lot of the people largely scoffed at the performance as Fightful wrote,
0: it really felt like watching it live. They didn't really, it, to a certain degree, they didn't respect Hardy because one thing that they did that kind of bugged me was they had the microphones hot on commentary while he was performing. Oh, so you could hear Pat McAfee singing along to the song, like knowing the words or maybe had him printed out. I don't know, but he's and, and Pat McAfee's not a singer. Mm-hmm. We'll leave it like that. And he's just, he sounds, it does not sound good. And it's just, it was a little disrespectful. And I don't know if that was like them trying to have a little fun with it, but they probably could have turned that off. Uh, the other thing was I'm a bass player professionally. So, um,
1: okay, Joel,
0: there was no bassist on stage with him. (laughs) There was two guitar players, a drummer, and it was very clearly a backing track performance, which like, that's fine. You watch any super bowl post Janet Jackson and, uh, What's his face? Justin Timberlake. You watch any of those, you know that everything is pre-recorded. That's not unusual. This was just a little more obvious, and I didn't love that. I just didn't like this performance.
1: You know, maybe we could have used Jeff Hardy in this instance to be backup for Hardy.
0: I said it before. I say it again. It should have been Rebby Hardy. Great pianist. <laughs> could have gotten away with it. Would have been fun. Would have been fine with it.
1: That would have
0: been something. Let's move away from the rumble. We found out this week (laughs) that former New Japan pro wrestling wrestler star Kota Ibushi is done with the company. He's moving on. And they announced GCW is bringing him in. Game Changer Wrestling is going to have him in. Two matches announced already. He's going to be performing. He's going to be not performing like Hardy, but performing like a wrestler uh, with uh, the Joey Janela Spring Break events. And then they announced at Sports, mm. it's going to be Kota Ibushi and Speedball Mike Bailey. Oh, FIFO Select got a ton. So of, it's going to be amazing. I'm very excited. Fifa Select had all the news and all the breakdown on the Kota Ibushi situation on what went on and what didn't go on. Uh, and it they called it a live and learn situation, him and the New Japan contract, because Kota for a long time was more of a freelancer. It was something that he liked to do. So he actually surprised a lot of people when he decided to sign a contract with new Japan pro wrestling clearly didn't work out. Clearly he's out of there and it doesn't matter. But how do you feel now that Ibushi's confirmed for several GCW shows?
1: I think it's a, it's an exciting time. You know, there's some hot free agents right now, and obviously a lot of eyes are drawn to him. Uh, Speedball versus Kota Ibushi is going to be so good. I know a lot of people were raving and exciting about it on Twitter and all of that. It's going to be interesting how they book him versus Joey Janela, who's a bit more gritty and stuff especially since it's on a GCW show but he's also wrestling on blood sports I feel like it's going to be a different environment I feel like maybe that he's freelance now he might we might see some different things from Kota Ibushi now so I'm super excited for that obviously though there was a little bit of issues between New Japan and Kota Ibushi they asked him to wrestle even though he had an a shoulder injury and there was also a separate significant private matter as they put it we don't know about that yet people haven't really pried into it but obviously as Fightful said that obviously didn't help their relationship but Ibushi is now free which means a lot of eyes are on him including the eyes of your AW president Tony Khan, who was also on Busted Open earlier today, talking about Kota Ibushi, is a great talent. When you have a name like that, everyone in the world of pro wrestling would be fortunate to have in their promotion. We've wanted to work with him in the past, so it's certainly something we would have to consider, and I absolutely believe it. everybody should be considering Kota Ibushi right now, but it seems that he's kind of maybe going to be gearing towards enjoying his free agency and maybe not signing anywhere right away, but it can't hurt you know, scope out your options.
0: I like the idea of Ibushi remaining a free agent. I like yeah. the idea of him moving around. And I love the idea that in the AEW world, you know, they like to have their contracts signed for at least three years. I don't think Kota wants to do that. I don't think, and I'm not going to speak for the guy, but judging by his last experience with New Japan Pro Wrestling, I think he might want to stick with uh, what he's been doing. But if AEW is willing to work with him on a certain per appearance type of deal, then there's a lot of storytelling that can be told because, you know, his his best buddies, the EVPs, and I don't say that, you know, begrudgingly. I'm just saying that's part of the reality of it. There's everything with, with Kenny Omega. There's everything with the Young Bucks. There is so much storytelling that can be told. And I think there's a lot of really fun opponents in AEW for Kota Ibushi.
1: Oh, I'm just, like, thinking about, like, where we could go. We've seen, obviously, a bunch of them because they were in New Japan for a bit, too. But mm-hmm. I, I'm just excited. We already have Speedball versus Kota Ibushi announced, Joey Janella. It's like, who's next? You know, we have a lot of time, you know, between now and those events in, like, late March, early April. So it's possible we get something even sooner. So everyone's going to have to keep their eye on Kota Ibushi.
0: Speaking of releasing talent, Samoa Joe was on the sessions with Brene Paquette, and that dropped this past Monday. Mm-hmm. And he had what to say about his experience getting released not just once, but twice in the span of basically a year, uh, in under a year even. And his words were initially, as I understand it, unconfirmed. There were issues between the two upper echelons of management, and they were playing out their war with the careers and contracts of people underneath them. I'm not going to read the entire transcript. You can find those over on Fightful, Uh, Samoa Joe talking to a friend dropping at le- again, he, he says unconfirmed. I have to give him that. at least he knew to you know keep his nose clean in it. But like I think there's a little bit of uh, a little bit of truth in that statement from Samoa Joe regarding releases around that time. What do you think about Mimosa Joe, as I call him, on the uh, the sessions with Renee? McCann?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, obviously, backstage politicking, especially at that time. There had to have been people, you know, vying for power. Obviously, he said that there was issues between two upper echelons of management, and we don't know who they are. And again, they are unconfirmed, but especially during that time where there was a bunch of like mass you know, releases, I can, at the end of the day, at that point, Vince McMahon was the one making the final call, which I have to maybe assume, guess. My guess is that obviously somebody who's a little bit below Vince McMahon maybe didn't want Joe to be released. And obviously there was a little bit of a, a power struggle there, even though McMahon has the final say, but obviously he was brought back, but Joe seems to notice too, that he wasn't really of course he spent a day being pissed he said but it was more about the situation than the actual firing because he understand that you know he he did cost a lot and he said if if they were cutting my contract it did save them a lot of money so he kind of understood that afterwards of course it's still it's still not good you know to be fired be brought back very soon like two months later and then fired again six months later it's just it's not a fun situation i imagine
0: No, you can only imagine getting, I mean, again, someone in Joe's world, someone of Joe's stature, you can go back and laugh at it because he understands his value. And he very much made that a point to say, you know, if you're cutting my contract, they saved a lot of money for this company. That's fine. There were other people who got cut who have either since moved on or have kind of had to find their way into other jobs in the wrestling world uh, that didn't have a name to get into it. And it's tough, but you know what? If Joe's going to do it, at least he's going to tell you, you know, I'm worth it.
1: And he's going to be making money with um, twisted metal coming out soon and playing sweet tooth. So I know that'll be available on Peacock soon. His kind of first dabbling into the television acting world anyway.
0: And if you don't make it one place, you can always make it another. Exactly. Dirty Dango is <laughs> one of those people. And he, according to PW Insider, has signed a deal with Impact Wrestling. He has appeared for Impact a couple of times. Mm-hmm. But now it appears that Dango is going to be sticking around. On the flip side, we're going to talk about both of these people. Tasha Steeles, former Knockouts World Champion in her own right, uh, has apparently requested some time off after... It came to light that she recently re-signed with Impact back in November twenty twenty-two. This is a this is an interesting one, only because I didn't expect Natasha Steele's news mm-hmm. to go beyond, you know, the little teasing she did on Twitter after the last episode of Impact Wrestling. Talk to me about all this.
1: You know, obviously things between on screen between Tasha Steels and Savannah Evans haven't been really working out lately. They've been losing quite a bit, you know, in tag team scenarios. They had that what six man tag uh with Bully Ray against uh Jordan Grace, Mickey James, and Tommy Dreamer. They also had the recent tag match, I know, uh two on two against Mickey and Jordan and just lost and Things haven't really been the same for Tasha since she basically lost the knockouts championship at Slammiversary last year. You know, she was so hot late 2021, you know, knockouts, knockdown, all of that, the ultimate X match to throwing Mickey James. But through the summer and through the fall, things just kind of not went off the rails, but, you know. They kind of slowed down for Tasha Steeles, but she, like you said, she just re-signed a contract in November, I believe a multi-year contract. So it was kind of a shock to learn that apparently there might be more behind the scenes, you know, obviously on screen, she seemed to be kind of diffusing her partnership with Savannah, teasing it, but there seems to be more going on backstage, especially if she's requesting time off so soon after it was just announced that She had just resigned and obviously there's been no timetable announced for her return.
0: I was looking forward to this. I was not, not to Tasha taking time off. I was looking forward to the, the disillusion and the dissolvement of of Savannah Evans and Tasha steals as a tag team and everything that comes with it. I was even positing on, uh, on a post impact show that I do on Fightful that, you know, Savannah Evans, you push her ahead and make her the diesel and you have Tasha being the Shawn Michaels of the group and they eventually do have some sort of of issue and they do fight each other. But we're not there. And I guess with Tasha potentially taking some time off, uh, we're maybe not going to see it anytime soon.
1: Yeah, I she's, you know, she's been like one of the steady forces in the knockouts division. I feel like obviously besides like a Deanna, they, she's been there for a while. You know, you've had a lot of new people come in throughout the last couple of years Tasha's been there for a hot minute and I feel like was really one of the pillars of the knockouts division so that's going to be a huge blow obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes of course we wish the best for her and everything and whenever she returns we look forward to that hopefully we get some closure to her things going on with Savannah that we don't really know what's going on yet hopefully whenever she does return we get some closure or they tie some loose ends with that
0: on the other end of things, Dirty Dango comes in. He had a pretty good match with Steve Macklin that personally I critiqued because Steve Macklin is currently on a tear and on a collision course with Impact World Champion Josh Alexander any now. However, for some reason, Dango and Macklin had a very spirited competitive match a few weeks ago on the January 19th episode of Impact uh regardless it turns out that part of that is because dango is sticking around with impact how do you feel about seeing dirty dango making his impact wrestling uh at home for a while
1: so I was there at Bound for Glory when he returned, obviously for Bound for Glory, and then the next night at Tapings, right? So I, I really like, I really loved his match with Johnny Swinger. I thought it was just going to be, you know, maybe like a squash, but those two made it so fun, and it lasted a lot longer than I had expected. But they made it so fun and exciting. I really loved seeing that live. I thought he was supposed to retire last year, so that's where I'm a little confused. But I, I think he. Probably provided some clarity on that I just don't remember what he said but I'm excited to see Dirty Dango in Impact Wrestling he's like very fun and exciting and and brings like a different you know, a different kind of vibe. I do think, you know, him, I would like to see him against Johnny Swinger again, but he's obviously been doing some stuff with Steve Macklin, who Steve Macklin himself has been really slowly building his stock. So that's exciting to see suit. That's exciting to see too. So I'm excited to see Dirty Dango now and impact more permanently.
0: Yeah, there's a space for him. That match with Swinger, by the way, I'm a big, big Johnny Swinger fan for multiple reasons. I stand the man. Uh, The match with him was fun. He continues to to output for Impact. Both men do. Dango coming in is a good call. Uh, He's not this main event superstar level guy. I think he's very much great for their mid card, can tell a bunch of really interesting and fun stories and be funny as hell in the Mm -hmm. process. I am excited to see Dango just because if if nothing else, he will be a good match and an entertaining watch. And that's good enough for me with Impact right now because their their top line is very full and their bottom line is kind of needing some extra faces and characters.
1: I that's think a- it'd be fun with him and Joe Hendry. I'm just thinking, but they're like both oh, baby faces, oh. right? But I think they they need to make that happen sometime.
0: Could you imagine the song that Joe Hendry would do for Dirty Dango?
1: Can you imagine the dance that Joe that Dirty Dango would do for Joe Hendry?
0: Oh, i for <laughs> it. Friends, if you're not watching Impact Wrestling, I don't know what we're doing. But let's go. Let's get out of here. I think we we've covered the news that we wanted to talk about. This was a pretty good first episode, I think, Ella.
1: This was, you know, coming hot off of Rumble weekend. There's going to be, we're heading into WrestleMania season. This year's already started off hot and we're just getting started here on the run sheet. Don't forget again to grab your pens and paper by you every time. Of course, we'll be back on Saturday as well. Right, Joel?
0: That's right. Saturday, we're going to drop all of the programming conversations. <laughs> we're going to have all the stuff on the bloodline. We're going to talk about Judgment Day. We're going to talk about the elite. We're going to talk about everything that you want to talk about you can follow us on all forms of social media at the run sheet pod i'm not going to spell it because it's so damn long <laughs> if someone else wants to find it like trs pod was taken yeah, i can't get a better name than that so you get the run sheet pod you can go ahead and find us there uh ella plug your stuff and let's get out of here
1: The easiest way to follow me is where I'm most active, which is Twitter. You can follow me at It's Ella J. If you go to the link in my bio, all my links there are inconveniently one place for you to all my projects and podcasts and all that fun stuff.
0: Wonderful. And I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Everything is there. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you on Saturday. Cheers.